Hello and welcome to What Our Point Weekly, where we bring together a variety of perspectives to discuss the biggest stories of the week and decide what our point, or if in fact there are no point at all. Please, if you like what you hear, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Welcome, Nick and Dan, and happy late 4th of July. Howdy. Welcome. We were concerned that it would take forever for the New York primary results to come in, but it looks like Catherine Garcia has already conceded and Adams is going to be the next mayor of New York. It's not completely over because it's like 2,000 votes right now, so you, I would assume there's going to be some sort of legal wrangling, but I don't know. It seems also inevitable at this point that he will come out the victor, which I think that'll change the city at least to some degree. I can't imagine him being the same as de Blasio, right? I mean, there's no way that's the case. Yeah, it's definitely a turning point for the city. The like far left, after being in power for eight years, has lost, but... It's going to be an interesting tension with the city council, which where the far left candidates had a much higher likelihood of winning and much stronger block. So there's going to be, I think, some contentious city hall versus city council things in the next few years. And I'm sure the same could be said about like the DA's office, maybe, or do they not have that much play that, out. Like, yeah, that's what kind def- of off on an island. So yeah. I feel like that doesn't have a huge impact day to day on the mayor and the city council. And what do you think then about like the whole defund the police thing? How is that going to play out with between the city council and Eric Adams? Do you think he'll be amenable to cutting the budget or will it be? I would say probably not. It doesn't seem like that really has gotten much traction even nationwide. Um, so I think he's going to say we need public safety and certain parts of the like core parts of the Democratic coalition say they're more worried about safety than defunding the police. And so, like, maybe how we police should change. And he's, you know, maybe one of the better people to try to be a bridge to the police union to say, can we change how things are going? We're not going to fire everyone, but we need to make this work better for everyone involved. Certainly will be interesting. And the other thing that I keep hearing about on every news outlet is that the U.S. just disappeared from Afghanistan overnight. They just abandoned some air base and left. Are you... Surprise, Nick, or is this how it's done? Uh, I think it's pretty troubling. Uh, I, I, I really think that um, the Taliban have made huge, huge inroads in the country, unfortunately, in the last couple of weeks, uh, seizing Afghan military equipment. They've seized an MI-17 helicopter from the Afghan government. They're seizing uh, ammunition, explosives, vehicles. So it, it is really uh, an incredibly troubling situation in Afghanistan, I think, will lead to uh, essentially a redeployment of U.S. forces in the country at a later date when things go badly. So it is not a permanent, I just don't think it's a permanent pullout. And I think this will have consequences for U.S. national security and U.S. domestic safety. Should we take a minute to have Nick do a eulogy for Donald Rumsfeld, who was the most consequential, maybe worst, defense secretary? In modern time, uh, I would not say the worst word. I think he was a very consequential and very effective Secretary of Defense at a very, very good and troubling time. Unclear about the defense part. Presidents start wars. I would just say it's an unknown unknown if he's the worst ever. He is not the worst. He was, first of all, he was Secretary of Defense twice under Gerald Ford and George W. Bush. So he has a long, long record. A lot of Secretaries of Defense's have only been in power for two years or a year or, or things like that, which, which again, I mean, there's no comparison between recent history. I think Rumsfeld was, was very... Below him, 
Well, there's uh, quite a few folks. Uh, I'd rather not say. Uh, historically, I don't know. I mean, like Shanahan, I guess Patrick. What was his name? The the under. He was only Secretary of Defense for like three months or something. So I mean, I guess you don't have enough time to do much in that tenure. There's no one really bad from like uh, the Civil War era or something. Who was like? Was, was it like? I guess it was the Secretary McClellan of War. Was it Henry Stimson? I think was Secretary well, of War. Well, I think War. that's right, and that's like the key thing is right. If Donald Rumsfeld was the Secretary of War, he would probably be the best because he started two twenty-year wars. If he's the Secretary of Defense. He's wasted trillions of American dollars, and we're in a worse shape globally than we were when he took over. So I think as Secretary of Defense, he gets an F-. minus. Secretary of War <sighs> might be the best. I mean, so you think Ash Carter, Chuck Hagel, Leon – was Leon Panetta Secretary of Defense? Yeah. Point? I know he's CIA That's director. Uh, you think they all had – were more were, – were better because they just didn't start wars? Yeah. That's basically a good uh, litmus I mean, test so, of mine. So starting, Did I mean, you start a war? Okay, great. Check. Well, couldn't you argue that Osama bin Laden started the war on terror by flying, hijacking airplanes into the World Trade Center in the Pentagon? How is Rumsfeld against our pullout of Afghanistan, I assume? He doesn't I mean, like what we're he, doing? Well, I, I, I'm, I, don't, I, I think the goal under Obama, under Bush, and even under Trump to a certain degree, unclear what was his policy there, but like, it's to prevent terrorists from having a safe haven in that region, Central Central Asia, South Asia, Middle East. And I think if you pull out prematurely, which we're doing in Afghanistan, you're handing the country over to an extremist organization that will you know, ultimately invite Al-Qaeda and other Islamist groups into the country, if not they're already there, to, to orchestrate attacks against the U.S. and our allies. So I, I, I think you just can't. Be, There's no, no... It'll be interesting to see how much things deteriorate and if the Biden administration is forced to immediately go back in or if they are like, look, we need NATO and other allies to take more of a hand in this. As I mean, Trump this, this was a NATO that. mission. Canada, Germany, there were several NATO partners, the French. Most of NATO deployed forces to Afghanistan. I mean, Iraq was different. It was not a NATO mission, but Afghanistan was a NATO mission, and NATO was essentially taking charge. So that, that it's not a question of our allies or not. It's a question of we've literally pulled the plug on the entire mission, we were not providing air support to the Afghan military, and we were providing maintenance to the Afghan Air Force's aircraft, and we've pulled that out. We don't even have contractors there. I just don't understand what the strategy is. Like, at least give the Afghans, the Afghan government and the Afghan military the tools do you they find need to fight the Taliban. Two presidents of the United States agree with this strategy, and that there's probably something to it. Well, I'll, I'll flip it on you. US Considering you criticize Trump a lot, do you do you think it, agreeing with Trump is 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 a is something I that think Trump's best thing he was was that we should end the wars. I think when he got to the swamp and the swamp started taking over, and he was in there for four years and could barely mm-hmm. end one of the wars, and I think that was his yeah. best instinct. I think we should win for America was. Wars. I don't think we should. I, mean, if, I think that. there's. The, uh, no, pulling no, no, out of no, Afghanistan no, no. is not ending the war in Afghanistan. It is exacerbating the war in Afghanistan. It like, does that's seem the troubling. Is that this isn't ending Afghanistan. This is making it worse. This is emboldening the Taliban. The way like, it's all happening, we will be back in troubling. Afghanistan right. because they will attack. They will allow for an attack to happen on the on U.S. soil. That is inevitable. So all you're doing sketchy. is you're not ending the war in Afghanistan. But, uh, 
you are worsening it. That the U.S. left almost like a renter that doesn't want to pay their security deposit. They're just like, all right, we are getting out of here as quickly as possible. It just doesn't seem like the best sign. Okay, well, to keep this uh, episode snappy, the other thing I wanted to touch on was, Dan, can you situate us in the whole voting rights debate right now. So I've been trying to catch up on the Supreme Court and exactly what their most ruling said. But now you've got Joe Manchin, it seems like, as a response to the Supreme Court ruling, is flirting with the idea of of approving this new bill if there's some uh, extra stipulations, like if there's a national ID law. I've just been, as as I'm trying to situate myself on okay, what what compromises would one take in order for there to be a sort of federal regulation of how voting actually works? I just, it seems like that's the debate that's going to start to happen. Like, how, how important are ID laws for voting rights? Just can you situate us a little bit? So I think the key thing from last week is that Justice Roberts and Justice Alito, who have been against the Voting Rights Act from when it was renewed and when they were working kind of Reagan era, and they both argued for President Reagan to not sign the Voting Rights Act in the 1980s because they thought it was um, bad law and you shouldn't protect the right to vote. And they have basically taken the current law and taken it back to the 1980s. So they said, if some practice was in place in the 1980s, then it's fine to do it now, as long as it's not worse than voting was in the 1980s. And as long as you have some way to vote, Yeah, some people are going to find it hard to vote, but that's fine. But if other people vote, then some measure put in place is not that bad. Do you see the path forward for for maintaining voting rights to be something that's passed through the Congress? Or do you think it's going to be this state by state battle? Um, I would say I think there is actually a, a path now to something happening. Manchin's proposals, his kind of compromise proposal a couple weeks ago was very reasonable. And I think the Supreme Court action only makes it more likely that he will try to force something to happen. You already saw today a federal judge use the Supreme Court's decision to allow the draconian Georgia voting legislation to be upheld. So you're already kind of seeing the after effects of that. And the logical conclusion is Manchin saying, all right, it is time to do something. We need to protect voting rights. And I think most Democrats would probably say, if we need a national voter ID to do that, then we're on board, as long as the ID is very accessible. And that's the biggest worry for everyone. So, Dan, it feels like your young your young child is in the background wanting you if you feel like you need to duck out. <laughs> Nick, are you still with us? I am. I am. How are you feeling, Nick? Is it How hot is it up there? Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, yeah, we did have a heat, uh, heat wave the other day, um, but it has receded, luckily. Well, what else should we talk about, Nick? What are you going to do this summer? Uh, ch- child rearing? What else? I don't know. Learning about adulthood. It's frightening. Hope so. Oh, there's Theo. To our listeners, this is the future. You want to say something, Theo? Does Theo talk at all? He can close out the episode. Uh, Sometimes. Can you say something? Can you say hi? Yeah? Yeah? Is that I want avocado? Is that what you're saying? Oh, that looks tasty. Looks tasty. You need a bib, though. You're going to make a big mess. Yeah, Nick, this is going to be your life very soon. Um, he's adorable, though. though. Yeah. He is, he's well-behaved. He's a great baby. Baby. Yeah. Baby. baby. Daddy, your baby. He kind of likes saying the word baby, I think. Baby. Are you a bad baby? 
Dad's like trying to get this bib on you. It's not going so well. Can you say baby? Yeah. So Nick, what's your biggest fear of having a child? Um, I don't know. That's a there's a lot of unknown unknowns to quote from. Did grow up to be a pacifist? Is that like like what? No, if that's like, fine. Uh, really? Yeah, I'm okay with that. That's fine. They could be whoever they want to be politically. Well, that's nice of you. Mm-hmm. It would just be rough if they just didn't like you. There's just something about you that just like, didn't like. They're like, yeah, I don't know. Mm. Oh, God. No. Please love you. Yeah. Dude, I have a question. Did you guys have a snoo? Did you guys invest in the snoo? Definitely. You can rent them, though. So you should no, I know. A... We, we invested. There's a whole baby industrial complex, which I've been deep diving into. Right. It's pretty good. What's yeah. a snoo? A snoo is a bassinet that rocks. Interesting. So, so it puts the baby to sleep. It'll slightly rock a little bit to try and keep him asleep and, and help out. So it's very, very popular right now. It's by this guy. This doctor wrote a book kind of like how to help kids sleep. And then he built a product based on his book. So it's kind of a cool story. Yeah. It's probably really rich. Yeah, I'm reading uh, oh. his book, Happiest Baby on the Block. Oh, yeah, that's a great. I think that's like the best book. Yeah, that's what they say. They say. That's like, that's like, <laughs> he's a. I really, we really did his abide by, abode by, whatever the past tense is, his, uh, his work. Fourth trimester. You got to have like snuggle them up, have them all wrapped up when they sleep in a little swaddle and a lot of like white noise in the background. So you like simulate the womb for like an extra couple months because our babies were supposed to be in the womb longer. But we evolutionarily came out too early because we have big heads. You have a big head, right? Yeah, he does have a big head. Big head compared to his body. Big head. What's the most excited you're about for a kid, Nick, to like play with Legos or like play with little uh, right. army trucks? Kind of. I guess you get to morph them in whatever thing you want, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> About this yeah, you can start morphing them into a neoconservative from the get go. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're thirsty. No. Nick, these are the tricks. You gotta just practice doing everything one-handed because you will never have two hands again in your life. Theo, can you growl? Can you? What does the lion say? for listening to this week's episode please tune in next week when we'll be talking about the newly named delta variant as well as vaccine hesitancy stay safe and talk to you next week